With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Rizos Curls founder, Julissa Prado, is really close to her family. So close, her cousin designed her logo. Her tío gave up his garage so she could have a headquarters. Her little cousins packed boxes and tío drove them back and forth to the post office to ship them. And her brother was her wingman the whole time. Less than two years in, Rizos Carls hit $1 million in sales. Julissa, so good to see you in person. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Big week for you. Just announced that Rizos Curls is now available at Target. Is that real to you? It still feels really surreal, um, especially because it, it was always a big goal for me, especially that specific retailer, to have my products there. So to see it actually happen, it's just a, a testament that with hard work, uh, you can really make anything possible. Julissa, did you always embrace your curls? No. So like many Latinas and women who have curly hair, I went through a phase where I hated Mm -hmm. my curly hair. I remember the very first time I got it straightened and the amount of compliments I got. And I just became obsessed Mm. with these compliments. I was like eight years old. And I was like, no, you never give me a compliment my whole life about my hair. I get it straight one time. You guys all want to tell me how pretty it looks. All right, I'm going to keep doing Of course. Well, what's the message there to an (laughs) eight-year-old? Yeah. So I was like obsessed with straight hair. And I would damage it so much. Like, people didn't even know I had curly hair for a long time. And it wasn't until around high school that I started wanting to embrace my natural hair, mainly because I was really um, lucky to go to a high school that had really advanced curriculum where it taught us about 
like racial inequalities. They taught us about gender inequality, class inequalities. And I feel like it kind of like opened my eyes Mm -hmm. to the fact that I had been trying to adhere to a lot of like European beauty standards or just in general things that I had internalized that about stereotypes within my own culture, et cetera. So it made me kind of want to just be naturally me. And for me, it was really hard to do that because I think especially within the Latino community, not only do we have the barrier of like, you know, most people wear their hair straight, but on top of that, we have this like language barrier a lot of the time where a lot of this information and knowledge doesn't really enter our communities. Mm. So I kind of went on this like quest to find things that worked for my hair. And I felt like everything was either too heavy and it moisturized too much or it was like just a lot of hold, but there was nothing in the middle and nothing that would help me extra define, extra enhance my hair because it had been strained for so long and it needed help because it was like not curling all the way. What led you to the right formula? Yeah, so... I grew up with my grandmother who was in Mexico. She was kind of like the town's like doctor per se, but mm-hmm. she wasn't a doctor. She just like, you know, they didn't have access to like doctors or towns. Like the nearest one was probably like a few hours. And she like literally grew up in like a mountain and, you know, everything that she ate, everything that they did was like they literally grew themselves She would make like herbs and remedies and whatever people needed um, help with. But she always, because of that, ever since I was a little girl, I was always taught that the earth gives you everything you need, that it's more than just like plants, more than just like food, it's medicine. Hmm. So I was always very comfortable growing up. If my hands were dry, I would go and get some sugar and I would get lemon and I would mix it together to make my own scrub. When my scalp started getting flaky, I would go and cut an aloe vera plant, take off that little juice, I would put it on my scalp. When, um, you know, my stomach hurt, I would go to the herb area. My mom would tell me which one to pick. I would smell them. And then I would go and make some tea. That was very normal to me. So me using those lessons and coming up with my own concoctions and testing out different things for my hair was something very natural. So that's what I did. I just started mixing things up and kind of like creating my own formulas for my hair. And then I finally, you know, found some different stuff that worked and I would carry it around in Ziploc bags and, you know, (laughs) literally in high school, like I would carry around like sometimes even like lemons because like lemon really helps with, um, like it makes it hard. It's kind of like a hairspray. Like if you use it directly on your hair, you can can tell like it will leave it hard and it won't leave it flaky. I would carry these little things in Ziploc bags and just kind of like had fabulous curly hair. (laughs) Is that how you became the curl whisperer? Yeah. So I would have this fabulous hair that smelled like citrus and amazing. That's why with my scent now with my product, I was like, it has to be citrus. I always wanted it to have a citrus scent because I was known to be the lemon girl throughout high school and college. I would, you know, walk around with my hair and then my little Ziploc bags and I would always encounter undercover curlies. So in the bathroom, in the dorm rooms, in the hallway, in the elevator, and they would always whisper to me, oh, ups, you know, my hair's actually curly, um, but it, it could never look like yours. Like, what do you do? So then I would invite them over. I would We would meet in the bathroom or, you know, in a dorm room and I would do their hair natural for the first time. And 
I feel like I got addicted to that moment. Like that mm-hmm. moment of them seeing their hair natural and liking it for the very first time after like straightening it almost their whole life. It was such a powerful moment. And I feel like it was really empowering for them to be able to like really love themselves, like love the way that they looked at that moment without having to kind of have this disguise. Over the years, I, there was hundreds of them like throughout high school, throughout college. So when I first launched my product, I had forgotten how many people I had done that with until I launched and I received so many orders and messages from like all these women over the years that I forgot that I had helped. Um, So yeah, they became my first customers. Even though not all curls are the same. They're not. And so I would teach them like depending on their curl because it's with products, like it's not just, you don't just need good products. You also have to know how to use them Mm. because how much you use, you know, um, how you put it on, like all of that plays a factor. What's the one product in your line no curly-haired person should leave home without? That's hard. So, like, the curl cream, it was probably the hardest one to make because that's the product that there's absolutely, like, nothing in the market like it where it takes whatever your natural texture is and defines it and enhances it. So if you have, like, wavy hair, it'll make it curlier. And then the more you use it, the more um, your hair will get curlier. When you talk about these formulas, I mean, how do you go from like mixing lemons and aloe to like doing legit chemistry? Yeah, so I worked with the chemist. It was a four-year process. (laughs) I worked with two different labs and at first I was not getting the results that I wanted. I felt like Unless it's something that is truly extraordinary and it's something that I'm really going to use myself and love, like, I'd rather not even do it. So um, the chemist that I ended up, you know, falling in love with, and she was great, she's Jamaican, and then the lab was Nigerian-owned, and I felt like we both kind of came together. Like, I brought, you know, my teachings and my things from my own, from my grandmother, and I kind of, like, brought that insight, and then they brought in insight, like, for example... Um, They were like, oh, Moringa oil, my family's been using this. Let's try that. So it was kind of like a collaboration between these three cultures. And then we would go back and test it on our respective families and, you know, community. 2017, you had a full-time corporate job. I sure did. (laughs) (laughs) What happened that made you realize you had to go for this? Yeah, so um, I feel like my experience with corporate was very different in that I was working for Nestle and they were so, like, I don't have a bad experience. You know, although I'm, I'm working for somebody else, I feel like so much of so many of the tools and insights. What were you doing for them? So I did a variety of jobs. Like I did my very last job. I was an account manager, which means I was kind of like the liaison between the retail store, the retail buyer and the brand. I was doing a lot of what I'm doing now with Target, um, but I did it for like DiGiorno, Pizza, CBK, Dryer's Ice Cream, Haagen-Dazs, like Nesquik, Coffee Mate. Like, yes, yes. Yeah, all these like big billion, like most of the brands that I managed were billion dollar brands. Mm. And then one of my first positions with Nestle was I actually led a team of around 13 sales reps that drove 
16 foot to 24 foot trucks and delivered and distributed like all these product, these frozen products to all of the retailers. So I actually have a commercial driver's license. Like I had to parallel park a 24 foot truck. Stop. Yes. I was like, I don't know, like 23 at the time. I'm just like managing this team of like 13 people. They're driving heavy machinery that could be dangerous if something goes wrong. But tell me about the moment where you oh, say, yes. I got to do this. Yes. I was tr- I was hoping that I would be able to do both at the same time for a long time. I was like, oh, I, I can do this for a few years, you know, have my day job. And then when I get home, I'll do resource. But it got to the point that I was not sleeping. Like, Rizos consumed my life. I didn't expect it to do so good from the very first day. So um, it got to the point where I had to make the decision because Rizos was like my baby. I felt like I had become a mother when I gave birth to this business. And this baby was requiring a lot of attention, and it was growing very, very fast. And if I neglected it for five minutes, something terrible could happen to it. So I feel like I had to choose, I had to choose my child. So you spend $50,000, your your life savings, mm-hmm. you pour into this. Yeah. What did you spend that $50,000 on? Oh my God. For this industry, $50,000 is no money. So I spent it all on just like buying product, buying the supplies, testing. So the testing took four years, you know, and every, every sample that's money. So when I first launched, I had a $0 marketing budget. Like I didn't have, I had spent all of my money just to have the the product in my hand. This is a family product. 100%, yeah. Can you tell me about that? I'm very, very close to my family. We all grew up in mid-city. I, my parents moved to Pacoima when I was a little bit older so I can go to high school out there. But everybody else legit lives on the same street. When I was little, we used to all live in the same apartment building on 4th Ave in mid-city. And... Every unit was a family member. So we, we grew up very, very close. And we grew up like, this is all you have, you know? So my dad, he crawled through a sewer to get to this country. He was like, his very first job was picking oranges, you know, in the fields in Florida. So when you come from that, when you really come from like nothing, and you, you when you start here, it's like, when you have family, that's the only people that you only have each other. You know, those are the people that you depend on. Um, those are the only people that you really can trust. My family, I'm so proud of them. Like w- the fact that my dad even has his own restaurant is that was his dream. You know, like this little boy that crawled through a sewer with nothing in his pockets was able to achieve this. And I saw him able to achieve it with the help of like all of our family. So it was like all any gain that we have, we see it as like a win for all of us because we know that when we win, we don't just win, we help each other. Like we we bring everybody with us. Like, okay, you're I'm helping you open up this restaurant right now, but I'm gonna learn from you. You're gonna teach me and then everybody else is gonna be there for me when I do it. So I think that's where my mentality too of like Rizos Curls being the three C's, Curls community culture comes from because like, from day one, I always saw that when you have something good, you share it with everybody else. You share it with your family. You share it with your community. You don't just keep it to yourself. What did your parents say when you told them that it was going to be carried in Target? So my mom, they my especially my mom, like they don't understand the internet, right? They're like, <laughs> they're like, like, why are you crying on the internet? Like, 
is someone bullying you? I saw somebody making pacto, that there's a lot of online bullies. Like, like <laughs> she for a long time thought I was kind of like an Avon lady. She's like, I see all this product coming in and coming out. Like, are you, like, is it in your trunk? Like, and then she would like come back and like when I would see orders going out, she's like, oh my God, yes, of course there's orders, Julie. So you don't understand my efforts at church. I made an announcement. <laughs> like, like, cool, mom. So it's like, I don't think they really understood, you know, what it what was happening. And I think Target was probably the first moment that they're like, I think my daughter really built something. (laughs) I think this might be legit. (laughs) When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swathers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swathers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swathers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? (laughs) They do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Is there something that's getting in the way of your happiness or that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I have found that talking with someone can make a big difference, but sometimes the logistics, like finding the right person or the time to connect, make things complicated. BetterHelp Online Counseling connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors specialize in everything from depression to relationships to complicated family dynamics, self-esteem, grief, you get it. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. They even have financial aid for those who qualify. Best of all, it's an affordable option. Latina to Latina listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code LATINA. So why not get started today? 
go to betterhelp.com slash Latina. Fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor. That's betterhelp.com slash Latina. Who was your ideal customer when you were developing the line? The strategy that I learned from like business school and with, with Nestle, whenever we would develop a new brand or we're in the, in the brand development process, before you even think of the product, you think of the consumer. So you draw out, we had this exercise where you draw out your target customer, your, your demographic, that person, and you have to draw them out. You have to draw their hair, their, their, you know, their clothes, write down what religion are they? Like, where do they grow up? Like, what do they eat? What businesses do they support? What motivates them? Like every aspect of, of them, you build this whole character profile. And so I had done that. So this girl was from New York and she had always worn her hair straight um, and she was like barely, you know, transitioning. She was really proud of her culture. She was unapologetic. She was really socially aware, socially conscious. She cared about not not just what products she gets, but like who's behind them. She she knows she knows the power of uh, what it means when you make a transaction. Because like what I tell people is when you give your money to a company, you're not just giving them money; you're giving them power. So she's like aware of all of these things, but she still, you know, wears her culture on her sleeve. So that was kind of like the person that I had in mind. And it's interesting because to this day, the majority of our customers are not women that had already been wearing their hair curly. It's women that they're wearing their hair curly for the first time with Riso's curls. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's all those undercover curlies. (laughs) Well, because we talk often about how hair is very personal, but hair is also deeply political. A hundred How does that show up for you? Oh my God, it's so... I think part of the reason why Rizzo's Curls even did well was because, you know, we launched in 2017. That was like in the midst of like, politically, it was the political climate at the time was very anti-Latino, very anti-immigrant. And like, I feel like we were hearing all these things, negative stuff stereotypes perpetuated in the media about our culture. We were like kind of being put down and and um, we felt very, I feel like our community felt very attacked. And I think that because of that, it made us want to wear our culture on our sleeve and make sure that wherever we went, people knew I'm not like you. Like I'm proud of my culture. And if you say something racist, best believe I'm not going to sit here and take it. Like, I'm going to say something. Like, you know, screw assimilating, screw whatever, whatever us being so nice in the past. Like, nah, we're going to, if you're not going to help our community, that's fine. We're going to help ourselves. We don't need you. We don't need anybody other than ourselves. Like, our community is powerful. We are strong. We are intelligent. And we're going to, we're going to help each other out. And I think that with Riesel's Curls, it was like, so many of these women, that's why they were ready to wear their hair natural because it was like they wanted to rid themselves of these things that had they had they had internalized that told them that their culture their their you know natural state was not good so you have this woman in mind how did you then go out and find her she found me she was always finding me it's funny because i feel like um i just was myself and i was just I was, I was her, you know? But how did she know about you? Through social media, through yeah, the tours? Yeah, so whenever people ask me, like, that question exactly, like, what was the best marketing tactic? 
it wasn't really a tactic, but the best marketing tool that Latinas have is chismosa culture. Chismosa culture, I've, you know, re rebranded in the sense of calling it sharing is caring. <laughs> you know, ch sharing is caring. Like, we have this culture of, like, when you see something good, you don't just keep it to yourself. You want to tell everybody. Mm -hmm. When you see something bad, you want to tell everybody. <laughs> you know? That really helped my business out because we like opened up, you know, the face, the social media page. I just kind of like put it on there. And for example, what a lot of people don't realize about Puerto Rico when the hurricane hit was that it forced an entire island of women to go natural. Women that just like mm. the, you know, Latinas here in the, U, you know, on, on not in the, in the Caribbean that had been, you know, straightening their hair and were not, Yep. comfortable with them with their hair natural for so much of the island didn't have power for so long so they had to be you know they had to wear their hair natural and it was like it's different when you're forced to be this way than when you choose it so we were like the only platform or the only page online that was you know talking to people in spanish even opening voice notes and doing all of these different like i felt like i was talking to my tias you know that's how they would communicate with me they would send me like voice notes on facebook messenger <laughs> or like you know random things like that and it was like somebody found out about us and then more they told more people to told more people and we would wake up every day to hundreds and hundreds of messages on facebook especially from puerto rican women who were just didn't know what to do with their hair and they were like because they didn't have electricity so they couldn't use blow dryers they so they couldn't, couldn't use have straighteners hair. they couldn't most of them didn't even have gas to like what would you know what i mean like like we were waking up to hundreds and hundreds of messages from these women that were just like didn't know what to do with their hair and they were sending me these pictures and their hair was so damaged too because they had been straightening it for so long so i had to revert back to my learnings from when I was making my own products at home. So they were calling us. They were like contacting us in so many different ways. And all of them, we were helping them through this process. And I think during that time, we went from like, I don't know, 100, you know, followers on Facebook to 50,000. It was insane if just like that month. And as soon as the shipping carriers started shipping to them again, we had like thousands of pending orders for Puerto Rico. It's wild. Yeah. You have a master's in business from Wake Forest. How much of what you've done in the last two years is informed by what you learned getting your MBA and how much is instinct and just like life lessons? It's interesting because I feel like everything that I've ever done in my life has prepared me for this moment from driving a truck from my commercial driver's license to the lessons that I learned growing up in the hood I definitely attribute my my entrepreneurial spirit from growing up in Mid-City, in Pacoima, in these like underprivileged areas that are black and brown communities. Because I feel like true creativity, true hustle is when you don't have a lot to and you have to create your own opportunities. So growing up in these areas, like I saw growth. And what I meant by growth was like, I saw the pupusa lady next door that I talked about start off with like making one pupusa to, you know, having like a whole cart to having like a whole little shop to doing this. Like that's like hustle. And I would see her there, rain or shine, like no matter how long the lines were, you know, giving great service and everyone would come. Everybody knew about her. So I feel like I saw these people creating opportunities that didn't exist for themselves and getting creative and just put so much heart 
into it. So I think that for me, growing up, not having a lot taught me how to appreciate things and how to get a lot of bang for my buck, you know? True creativity, I feel like, doesn't come from having thousands of dollars and not caring about costs and not having a not profitable business. I think true creativity comes from having $20 on the first day of school to look really fly and figuring out, going to Dollar Tree, going to this, making my own shoelaces, tying them up differently, whatever, sewing some stuff up and showing up to school like, trend setting you know and that was how I grew up like yeah I didn't have a lot of money but best believe I looked fly you know so that's how I feel about my business now too like the example is like our little target uh photo shoot thing you know I'm going to create something really cute I'm gonna have cute photos they're gonna be adorable they're gonna be funny but they're sure not gonna cost me my profits I'm not compromising profits for brand awareness You posted a video on Instagram after you received the first photo of a customer seeing the product on shelves at Target. And there was something you kept saying in the video, which was, I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that makes me really emotional because it's true. I feel like I don't know if it's like imposter syndrome or what it is, but I feel like it's different when you grow up in communities where like that doesn't ever happens, you know, like when you don't see like the when you think of entrepreneurs, I feel like a lot of times like that word is never gets attributed to Latinos, never gets attributed to like somebody who, uh, you know, comes from immigrant parents. It gets attributed to, you know, someone that looks like Trump, someone who comes from like this lineage of having a lot of power and access and privilege. So I feel like for me and, you know, my customer and my family, um, being on that shelf it, it isn't just like a you know product being on the shelf. It's a testament to like all of my my family and my community's hard work and determination. And <laughs> for me, it's like I think about seeing that product on that shelf. I think about I think about like all the work that went into it from. You know, my dad wanting to come to this country, like having, you know, be going through a rat infested sewer to working so many jobs, (laughs) to working so many jobs, to, you know, sacrificing so much so that I could have everything, so that I could have, you know, access to better schools, so that I could have education, so that I could be more than what he had. Like, my mom never went to school at all. Like, she barely learned how to read and write when she was, like, already an adult. So I think for me, when I say that, it just means, like, people that grow up like that, you just think, like, that could never be me. (laughs) That's where it comes from. I think a part of why why I'm crying um, is that for those of us who've been given those opportunities and who know that we stand on the shoulders of people who've sacrificed so much. Part of the hope is not just to honor what has come before us, but to make sure that other people moving forward have those same opportunities that we have. And I think we're living in a moment where that feels like a big question mark. Yes. Where we wonder if it is possible for a kid to come from Mexico at 16 
to build a life for himself in this country where one generation later, his child goes to college, goes to business school, has the capital to invest in a product line, has the family and support to take that product line and put it in one of the biggest retailers in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an extraordinary story. I also don't know that we're living in a moment where it feels possible for other people. Yeah, I think a lot of the time when I do these things, when I'm like sharing, when I'm doing events to, to you know, um, promote entrepreneurship, like it's not it's not about me. Like when I do these interviews, like it's not about me. It's 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 much bigger than me. It's what I stand for. It's what I represent. I'm gonna ask you one last question. <laughs> what is your advice for other Latinas who want to make products for other women? Oh my God! So. My advice is, so I don't know if you guys have read the, I think it's a 2019 Nielsen report on Latinas, Latinas (laughs) 2.0. Sorry, you just hard pivoted back to your like MBA school days. (laughs) Let me just tell these women. You're like, let me just wipe this tear off and talk to you about some statistics. And take y'all to school real quick. Let me just tell y'all. I don't know if you guys have read it. If you haven't, download it. Look up Latinas 2.0 Nielsen report. It's about a 55-page report analyzing Latinas in every single industry as consumers and showing how much power and how extraordinary they are and how they are drivers, economy drivers, they are trend drivers, they are drivers in every single industry from music to art to culture to to um, food, everything, right? Take that report and know that that report told every single big company that probably doesn't care about us, doesn't understand us, that has a a workforce that doesn't look like us. And they're out here trying to now capture this market. But you guys have an advantage. If you, Latinas, the first, you don't just create a product, you create a solution to a problem. Y'all already have an advantage in that you understand these problems. So therefore, creating a solution is so much easier for you because you come with this insight. What they have to pay so much money and research and, you know, hire onboard all these people and do all these things, you already know innately because you are who you are. And you know how to speak to your consumer better than anybody with millions of dollars. Like my mantra has always been what you lack in marketing dollars, you make up for it in creativity and hustle. And let me tell you, so many of these Latinas that I meet whenever I do these events, y'all are mothers, y'all have a side job, y'all make hats, y'all have like, (laughs) you guys have, wear so many different hats and have are just so talented you guys sing you dance you plan events and then you do this and like I don't understand how you guys find the time to do this but let me just say y'all are true like renaissance women and there's something so unique about you not just as a consumer as a creator like you're not just a consumer don't let that report make you feel like you're just a consumer you're not a consumer just as much as like anybody else, like you can create things. You're a producer. You are an innovator. Don't let these big numbers, don't let, you know, these this competition that's out there scare you because you have so much more power and insight than you know. Julissa, thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lentigua-Williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Cedric Wilson is our mixer. Emma Forbes is our assistant producer. We love hearing from you. We really do. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. It is one of the quickest ways to help us grow as a community. Finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at Latina to Latina. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.